Under the Hood <laughs> with Jonathan Hood. Let's get it. Tim crushes this ball. He throws the bat. The ball goes flying and it's gone. Under the Hood, behind the scenes, nobody really sees. Four runs right in the air deep. Is it enough? It's gone. Ball game over. Hey, I'm hot. Jonathan Hood. I'm hot. Rubisky. Robinson. And Mack will take it all the way in for a touchdown. A lot of this is behind the scenes or under the hood. DeMarc in it. Oh! He didn't come for the massage. He came for the fight show. Oh, baby. Woo! Jonathan Hood. Oh, man. Put a body on that man. Please. Breaks the hole. Swift got running room. Swift got to go. 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Swift. Under the hood with Jonathan Hood. I'm the man. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is a telephone number. Hit me up on Snapchat, SnapJHood, also Instagram, IGJHood. We are broadcasting live from our first Midwest Bank Studios. Coming up, we will have Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday for you if you're a wrestling fan. SmackDown's over. I've been doing the show. I haven't watched, but I hear that SmackDown is over. We'll have wrestling conversation for you at the bottom of the hour. D'Lo Brown, big old, big old Chicago Bears fan, working with Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling is coming to the Odium in Villa Park coming up in October for Bound for Glory. So we will uh, hear from D'Lo coming up at 935 here on ESPN 1000 and ESPN app for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. We do every Tuesday night in the 9.30 hour. Glad to have you in today. Uh, yesterday I was working with Freddie Coleman and Ian Fitzsimmons. That will be the case tomorrow. There won't be an Under the Hood show because we got Major League Baseball tomorrow, but I will be on the air 8 to midnight Chicago time. Yeah, go to ESPNRadio.com or SiriusXM Channel 80 or, or the ESPN app. Look for Freddie and Fitzsimmons. That's where you can find me with Freddie Coleman tomorrow, 8 to midnight. If you forget... Follow me on Twitter, twitter.com, tweet Hood. It'll be right there for you, the link, and click it so you will get your normal sports talk or abnormal sports talk um, tomorrow night between 8 and midnight right here on ESPN 1000. So much to, to get to here even still before we get to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Um, let me go to LeBron James for a second because there has been backlash about LeBron James uh, at the AAU game with his son. Now, his son, Bronny... Uh, plays AEU basketball, and LeBron has been there as a supporting father and parent there, and he's been watching the games and watching his son perform. Now, here's what has uh, occurred here, because we have seen LeBron James, a video of LeBron James, and his sideline antics, you know, in the layup line for Dunk Fest, and he's been uh, on the sidelines as soon as Bronny makes a great play, almost stepping out on the floor or on the floor, just applauding, cheering his son on. And I know that there's some that would, would backlash for what LeBron has done. Well, keep in mind here in the social media era that LeBron James is going to be 
maligned and criticized just for waking up in the morning. And I don't know if it's because LeBron James isn't Michael Jordan, because LeBron James is hasn't won enough for some people. But when I saw that story and saw the video, my initial reaction was, is Bronny okay with this? His son. Is his son okay with his father and his sideline demeanor? Is it distracting to the other team? I don't know because I'm not there. I would imagine so to see a superstar of that era, of this era, be on the sidelines. It's probably intimidating for the other team. It might be intimidating for Bronny's teammates. I don't know. But my initial reaction to it was, is his son okay with LeBron being there, one, to his sideline or, or what he's doing on the sidelines, watching his son uh, is he okay with uh, LeBron being in the layup line? Now, here's the thing. From my standpoint, you know, it doesn't make me any difference. It doesn't, it doesn't concern me one way or the other. But I will say that LeBron James, no matter what, is going to be criticized because it is LeBron James. Uh, LeBron James and Tiger Woods are two of the most criticized athletes in the social media era because of what they have done or what they have not done. And, and so my only concern is... From the from AU standpoint, do they have a problem with it? Does LeBron's son have a problem with it? If either one doesn't have a problem with it, then what am I to say? I just know that if, as a parent, I would just sit down and just watch my my kids play. But LeBron's into it because he's this is the way he shows support for his son. So I I suppose if they're fine with it, then who am I to say? Right now, again, if you are running the AAU camp, aren't you telling LeBron James, okay, we need you not to be on the floor. Hey, we can't have you out there. I mean, you could say something, can't you? I mean, it is LeBron James, sure, but you could still have rules and regulations in place if that's how you're running things. If it's a loose camp, where where other parents are out there, or if they're you know you know over the top and trying to root their children on, if it's loose like that, it's loose like that. Uh, I just know how I, my decorum you know how i would would go I, I mean i would just be sitting there i'd be applauding but i wouldn't go as far as like matt barnes who got kicked out of an aau game watching his son play <laughs> that's all that video as well a couple of days ago uh so uh, I, i've seen columns and seen commentary on both sides on this how the backlash over lebron's support of Bronny is unfair and it's wrong the other side of it is is that uh, lebron needs to sit his ass down and and not uh, and not be interfering into the game he should just hey you know everyone has a right to their opinion but the the, the facts is that lebron is, is supporting his son and that is great to see that's not common uh, all the time across the board so if he wants to support his son the way he wants to that's fine i just I just don't want to see down the line where I'm doing a show like this and say, you know, Bronny really felt bad that his father stole his spotlight. If, if Bronny doesn't feel like LeBron's still in the spotlight, then, then so be it. Uh, I just, the one thing that you'd want to find out is how everybody else feels about it. On the surface, no, I wouldn't. Maybe you wouldn't. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things where everyone else's opinion matters in that spot. But for him to support his son, that's, that's great. He's there for him. He's watching him play ball. That's great. And so I don't, I don't have a major problem with that. Um, 
This other story here, I got to get to this because I will forget otherwise, and I, I really shouldn't. I didn't get to this yesterday. Um, but the story about uh, Howard Moore, Howard Moore has been a frequent guest on this program. Obviously, when he coached the UIC Flames men's basketball team, we've had him on since he's been an assistant with Wisconsin as well, Chicago Zone. Um, so if you missed it, University of Wisconsin men's basketball assistant Howard Moore recently experienced a medical issue at his Madison area home that required ambulatory transportation to a local hospital. During the transportation to the hospital, Howard underwent cardiac arrest and has been receiving care by the doctors, nurses, and staff at the hospital. Howard will now be moving to a long-term care at a rehab facility to continue the focus on his recovery and health. That's a statement from the Howard Moore family. For those that don't know that story, Howard was in Detroit with his family um, his wife, Jen, who was just a salt of the earth, just a great woman. I mean, it's the, the uh, perfect wife, um, especially coach's wife, how crazy coaches can be. She was just a, a great compliment to Howard. Um, and Howard's son and daughter also were on that trip. They got into a car accident where a car was driving the wrong direction and it killed Jen and his, uh, and his daughter. The survivors are Howard and his son. And Howard now has had somewhat of a setback based on this uh, statement. So all the best to Howard, which is, again, great guy. Um, love being around him on and off the record on, on a lot of different things. Um, and he's got that Moore Foundation. You can find that on Twitter, the Moore Foundation. And uh, I just uh, I hope the best for, for Howard for a recovery because it is a very difficult situation losing a wife and a daughter the the son is still living his name is Jarrell but Howard going through a tough time after that serious car accident that took place this spring under the hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app um let's move on to Aaron Rodgers um Aaron Rodgers is overrated why he's not a top five quarterback that is a story written by Bucky Brooks and um let me tell you, when I read the column, it, so here's the thing. There's two ways to look at stories. Some will look at a headline and be like, hell no, that's not true. Or absolutely, that's exactly how I feel. Aaron Rodgers is overrated. Why? He's not a top five quarterback. So, of course, I do more than just read the headline. You've got to read the column because you want to know why Bucky Brooks, who's been on this program numerous times, by the way, as an analyst for the NFL on NFL.com, why does he say that? It's a long column, but he talks about how uh, how this is going to create some buzz in the Midwest. He, um, he and Bucky Brooks, by the way, former receiver with the Packers, played uh, with Brett Favre. And I don't know if there's a disconnect there or bias there because he thinks Favre is better than Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. But he broke down game by game, week seven of the 2015 season, how the Packers were in a position to win, did not get it done, did not win a championship. Um, talking about the health of um, of Aaron Rodgers, all these things. Talked about the coaching staff. Um, but he's fascinated to see how Rodgers and the Packers perform uh, in year one under new head coach Matt LaFleur, like I think many of us are. Bears fans or otherwise, you want to see how that works with a new coach and McCarthy not being in there. But given Rodgers' recent play, I just don't understand how anyone would consider him the absolute cream of the crop at the position at the moment. In fact, I wouldn't have him in my top five, according to um, Bucky Brooks. His top five, and it, this kind of relates to that Mike Sando piece from TheAthletic.com talking about the um, 
uh, the quarterback tiers. So in his top five, he's got Patrick Mahomes from Kansas City, the bolo tie of Phillip Rivers from the L.A. Chargers, Drew Brees from the New Orleans Saints, Tom Brady is fourth on this list, and number five is Russell Wilson. So he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers in top five. Aaron Rodgers, for sure, is in the top five for me. And here's the problem I have with what Bucky is saying. Everyone measures greatness based on championships. I'm old enough to see Dan, Dan Marino when he played for the uh, Miami Dolphins. I'm old enough to see um, Dan Fouts when he played for the Chargers. Both of those quarterbacks are great. Both of those quarterbacks never won a championship. But it doesn't mean that because they didn't win a championship, they were less than. I saw Jim Kelly in his prime with Buffalo four times going to the Super Bowl falling short. doesn't mean that those guys are, aren't very good. Um, those quarterbacks are great. They're on the same wavelength as greatness of Elway and Montana from years past. Because during that time, prolific uh, passers put the team in place to win. Fell, fell, some of them fell short. Some of them won championships. Aaron Rodgers won as many championships as Brett Favre. Okay? And that doesn't mean that Aaron Rodgers is less than. Ask a Bears fan who's the best quarterback to ever play at Soldier Field over a 10-plus year stretch. They'll tell you Brett Favre. And he didn't prefer to even play for the Bears. He's the best quarterback that we've seen at Soldier Field because he's the hammer and the Bears have been the nail for a long time. Watching the Packers, you've seen uh, the philosophy shift with Brian Kuttenkunst. Kuttenkunst now is the general manager for the Packers and there's a different philosophy than it was uh, from the previous regime. The Packers always signed their players. They didn't really go out and try to delve into free agency. Under Gutenkunst, you could see some changes here. Really looking into free agency. Looking to be able to add along with the draft picks. Because uh, one thing for sure, the Packers for a long time have drafted well and kind of re-signed their own players more times than not. Now things have changed in that regard. But I think there's not a big difference between Rodgers and Brady when it comes to ability to adjust with different players. Brady goes to the Hall of Fame without having not even five Hall of Fame type wide receivers. Aaron Rodgers goes to the Hall of Fame without having three quality Hall of Fame type wide receivers. What do you think about that? What, Randall Cobb? Donald Driver? I mean, I mean there, there's a number of them, yes, that, that are, that are like, Driver was, was great, for sure. Uh, Cobb was very good. But I'm talking about, on a regular basis, Who's that that go-to guy for Brady? That go-to guy for Rodgers on a regular basis? Gronkowski was a great tight end. But look at the inter- interchangeable parts with the Patriots. Look at the inter- interchangeable parts with the Green Bay Packers. They can always adjust no matter who's on the field for them as far as offensive weapons. The only difference between Rodgers and Brady is the obvious, the hardware. Brady has all these championships and Rodgers has one. Doesn't make him less than, though. That's for sure. Under the Hood with John the Hood here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Not overrated. He just is underachieving when it comes to championships. But it, it, but if he doesn't win another one, he's still one of the all-time greats that I've seen. Because I've seen him be Mr. Uh, comeback. And he's done that a ton for the Green Bay Packers, for sure. Let me tell you about Illinois Media School. Then we're going to, uh, going to talk a little bit about Tyreek Hill. So... Everyone's going back to school in August. So are you going back to school in August? It's your chance to start school and change your life. Illinois Media School is one of the only places that specializes in media and broadcasting training. Media professionals like myself work in the industry where you can get a chance to meet athletes and 
TV personalities and vloggers with a V and influencers. So I want you to call this number right now for Illinois Media School, okay? It's 630-916-1700. 630-916-1700 for Illinois Media School. It's, it's something there for you that I think that you really enjoy because if you're into news, politics, if you're into music, if you're into sports, uh, traffic, if you're into a lot of different things when it comes to communications, whether it's radio, television, or online, you can get trained for that in as little as eight months. Financial aid for those who qualify. So, again, call the number 630-916-1700. And don't forget also the website, beonair.com, beonair.com. Tell them you heard Jonathan Hood talk about it under the hood, and uh, you'll be able to get set up. Just take a tour. See if it's for you. If it's not for you, it's not for you. But at least go up there and see if it's something that you'd want to get into. Communications, broadcasting, Illinois Media School, 630-916-1700 or beonair.com. Some thoughts now about Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill um, met the media on Sunday with the Kansas City Chiefs. And if the story about uh, Tyreek Hill is uh, should be well known by now that he got himself involved with his ex-fiance and his son. Um, there was a, an accusation of domestic violence. Uh, and so the, the National Football League ruled that there was going to be no suspensions, even though there was audio tape evidence of Tyreek Hill suggesting that there might be something going on with him and his ex-fiance. Uh, Roger Goodell in the NFL ruled zero when it comes to uh, game suspended. No fine, no suspension for the wide receiver um, Tyreek Hill. Some thoughts now from Nate Taylor, who was on with me and Myron Metcalf last night on the program. We talked to Nate Taylor, um, who covers the Chiefs for The Athletic. The question on the table, what was his initial reaction to the Hall ruling from Roger Goodell? Uh, utter shock. I, I mean, at no point in my reporting or the lead up to the actual NFL's ruling, and then I appreciate you guys having me on as well. At no point did anybody really explain to me that the, the real possibility of like, hey, he may get no games. Everyone just assumed because of his threatening and berating comments to Crystal Espinal, his former fiance, in that 11 minute audio recording. Everyone pretty much assumed whether it was people on Tyreek's side of the, of the equation. The Chiefs organization themselves, the, the the prominent members involved, and even from people within the league, just everyone just kind of assumed like, hey, it's it could be anywhere between two to four to even six games, which is obviously what Ezekiel Elliott got uh, the year prior with the idea that hey, you know, even though you weren't charged or arrested, you still violated the personal conduct according to the league rulebook. The league decided that they had no conclusive evidence to do such other than that audio recording, and decided that because basically. Tyreek was recorded without his knowledge, there was really nothing concrete there to sort of condemn him or punish him for his behavior. Uh, now, you know, the he's still under investigation under the Kansas Department of Child and Family Services. Like, he still doesn't have custody of his son or his two uh, twins, which Espinal gave birth to earlier this month. So he has three kids, none of which are in his full custody. So he's still going through that investigation to try to get um, retention of his children under his own care, but at the at the time of the ruling, it was surprising just because Roger Goodell had set a precedent of making suspensions very clear and honest once it was deemed that you either violated the, the, the personal conduct policy or there was enough to prove that something nefarious went on, even if it wasn't criminally charged or if you were never arrested. 
I think we all heard this clip where it sounds like Tyreek comes into training camp for the first time and there's a Tyreek chant. People yeah. are cheering. Is, I mean, is that reflective of what the mood was really like, or was that just a few people kind of doing no. it? No, people are. Now, look, on the field, Tyreek Hill is incredible. He is the fastest player in the league. He scores a myriad of touchdowns. And when you have his skill set paired along with Patrick Mahomes, like there's a reason that a large segment of Chiefs fans are comfortable with him being on the team just because we are truly never going to find out. Like These court documents or the documents from the criminal investigation or the documents from the Child Protective Services, those are sealed just because it involves a minor, and I, and I understand that. So we may, we may never know what truly happened between Chris Lesvenal, Tyreek Hill, and their three-year-old son. With that said, if he was never arrested, if he were never charged, and you see him out there on the field for the first time when you thought earlier this summer, I think a lot of people did, like, hey, either he's going to get suspended or the team may cut him once this whole thing is you know uh, sort of over, to see him walk out, to go back onto the field, I think I think a lot of fans are honestly overjoyed. And I wrote this in The Athletic a couple of days ago, but the idea of not only his return and the chance, like you guys mentioned, of Tyreek or his nickname, the Cheetah, to see the amount of kids in St. Joseph, Missouri, because the team does their camp at uh, Missouri Western State University, to see the number of kids, either their son's age, younger or older, wearing Tyreek Hill jerseys and T-shirts, it kind of tells you, the fan base has really sort of wrapped its arms around Tyreek, despite his um, troubled past. And the idea is that if the team is okay with him, the fan base has sort of responded by saying, we are just okay with him, welcoming him back, cheering him on, and hopefully scoring touchdowns that lead the Chiefs to a Super Bowl. Nate, what did you think of, of what uh, Tyreek had to say, just the ebb and flow of that press conference? Because... Uh, there are some that will look at it and say that maybe he was a little bit disconnected. He was trying to seek out some of the names of the reporters that was there. What did you think of right. what he had to say? It was, I mean, it's a, it's a reflection of a guy who is obviously happy to be back, and he's trying to, to, to tell us, the media, and for us to disseminate it to the general public, that, like, he's grateful. He did apologize for the language he used in that audio recording, he said, he, you know, I'm manning up to that. That's my mistake. Even my own mother sort of criticized me, rightfully so, for the words and the language I used to Crystal Espinal. At the same time, he's trying to explain, you know, this is his new journey for him, or that's how he sort of categorized it. Hey, it's a new journey. I can't wait for, my, you know, this new journey for me. My mother told me that, like, you don't have to change. You just have to grow, and I have to grow similar to that of a tree. And I think the analogy or the hope that his mother has for Tyreek is that, he will grow and that tree will start to bear more fruit than it than what it has on right now. But at the same time, there's this construct of he obviously is aware of what is being said about him in the media, on social media. He understands the fans' love and admiration for him while they also sort of criticize, you know, certain reporters who began sort of the, the news of this where it was, you know, found out based on police reports based on information with the Child and Protective Services Department here in Kansas, that they were investigating him. And for whatever reason, he chose to be both professional and sort of trying to explain what he knew of the tape, the fact that he was sorry for the language, the fact that he tried to answer every question that the NFL asked him in an eight-hour meeting. So he was professional in all those things. But then he's also unprofessional in understanding that reporters have jobs, they have questions to ask, and if you can't 
if you can't answer a question from a uh, from a woman reporter, uh, that's not the that's not the best look when you're trying to, you know, show yourself to be someone who's on the path of redemption. Although there may be bumps along the way, the the, the first day was really uneven. I think the way you explained it is correct. Like he's he's trying to do and say the right things, but it's just going to take time. And hopefully the Chiefs will help him along this journey. That's that's always been a lot of people's criticism is that the moment he was drafted, based on the allegations and him pleading guilty to choking and punching Chris Lassona when she was pregnant with this three-year-old son that was involved in this abuse case, everyone says, well, this, well, if the Chiefs drafted him, it's their responsibility to make him a better person, to get him to understand sort of the grander picture than just football. And it's fair to say that the Chiefs have tried their best. Maybe they haven't been as successful. But moving forward, particularly in this season, when he's due for a potential mega contract extension, now that he's passed this sort of saga, it's still incumbent of the team to sort of try to get him to understand the full responsibilities of being a professional athlete that's both on the field and, of course, off the field. You don't see just how wild the crowd is. You don't see just how fly my style is. Jonathan Hood. I don't see why I need a stylist when I shot so much I can speak Italian. On ESPN 1000, Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. It's the Cubs and the Cardinals. Jesse, we see that uh, breaking news across Major League Baseball. So um, Yasiel Puig and Reyes and Logan Allen uh, are traded. Bauer to Cincinnati, Taylor Trammell to San Diego. So uh, Yasiel Puig and others out in, uh, in Cincinnati. What do you think of that deal with the Indians and the Padres? Well, I think it, it, it's centers actually... Yeah, it centers around the Indians, really, because uh, I think it's a little bit of addition by subtraction because Bauer had worn out his welcome after what he did over the weekend. Um, and now, and also, they needed hitting. They really should have addressed their, their, their um, batting order in the offseason. They didn't do that. Now they're on a, on a run, almost uh, catching Minnesota at this point. They need some hitting, and they got it. So I get making that trade and uh, moving on from Bauer. And maybe Cincinnati had enough of Puig. I don't know. But uh, I think this is mostly about Bauer and getting some hitting for the Cleveland Indians. All right. Uh, and you know, by the way, being in a traditional baseball city like Cincinnati, you just knew that Puig and Cincinnati did not mix. It didn't mix. I just knew that wasn't going to work. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, he's he's a little out there, as we know. But so is Bauer. So maybe they don't, they all needed to change the scenery. The difference is Puig was only there half a season. He was, you know, with L.A. all those years and somehow survived. So now... Um, Francona gets rid of one headache. Maybe he got another one. I don't know. Um, but, uh, again, I think it's a little bit of addition by subtraction for the Indians. All right. It is uh, Cubs and uh, and the Cardinals at Bush. What's happening now? Yeah, a little change here. Is the Cardinals have taken their first lead of the game 2-1 to one as we go to the seventh. Paul Goldschmidt, of course, the Cub killer, solo home run here in the bottom of the sixth. The sixth inning really changed on a dime. Jason Hayward was on first with nobody out. 3-2 pitch to Chris Bryant. A pitch outside and in the dirt, and Bryant swung through it as uh, Hayward took off for second, and he was thrown out. Uh, so a double play ball there, and then all of a sudden, or double play sequence there, and then all of a sudden, Anthony Rizzo doubles, and then the next two guys walk, and eventually Schwarber flies out, but that double play really killed the inning. Unusual to see Bryant swing at a pitch like that. Both teams scored back in the fourth, uh, but the Cubs have been pretty much held off the board. Adam Wainwright is out of the game. Hugh Darvish still pitching, though, 
as the Cubs trail 2-1, to one, top of the seventh. Back to you. Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening for the Worldwide Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship. Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, our first event of the evening is a one-fall match with a 15-minute time limit. There ain't nobody. There ain't nobody in wrestling who can make me quit. And that's the bottom line. Stone Cold said so. Tuesday. We are what wrestling's all about. New York City here. Chicago here. Jamie on my left. Linda on my right. But I'm not telling any of the girls who I'm going to give it to in Chicago until that night. Tuesday, wrestling. Tuesday returns to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Bound for Glory, the biggest show for Impact Wrestling is coming to Chicago at the Odium in Villa Park on Sunday, October 20th. Tickets are available on August 9th. Go to impactwrestling.com for tickets and information. And again, on sale for the tickets. Finally, Impact Wrestling coming back to Chicago at the Odium in Villa Park. We turn now to Crazy Bears fan and executive producer for Impact Wrestling. It is D'Lo Brown. He's with me, John hood right here on twt d-low as always i appreciate it man thanks so much for coming on the show man it's always a pleasure to be on the show bro thank you for having me so how many hours uh, a day are you working now is it 18 21 23 I, I plead the fifth i plead the fifth but i'm working my tail off because i love my job <laughs> <laughs> oh my god man i know it's a ton because impact wrestling is definitely on everybody's radar i want to talk to you about yeah. something i talked about at the open of the of our show here and that is about old school versus new school philosophy there is a tug of war as you've seen on social media at d-low mm-hmm. round 75 you get this i get this as well about what's best, what's better in 2019. Like, like, so you, you've, you've been around Jim Cornette when your time is Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and he has his philosophy. You know, yep. uh, Joey Janela or Joey Ryan have their philosophies when it comes to wrestling. My thought was, you know, I think that we can enjoy both. We can enjoy what we like and, and not enjoy what we don't like. Well, what's your thoughts on the back and forth about what's better in 2019? Here's my thing is, if you have a choice, then life is good. You choose what you like. If you don't, you don't like something different, then you don't have to worry about it. Don't condemn someone else for liking something different than you do. Um, I'm an NFL guy. There are some guys who like the CFL. I don't know why, but there are some guys who like the CFL. So I'm not going to condemn them for for watching it. Go watch your product and enjoy. And I think the same thing is about wrestling. Just because something's a little different than what you're used to or not the way you like it, no need to to shoot down the other side. Just enjoy what's in front of you. All right, so so now you're just you're going to take a shot at your impact bosses, okay? I'll I'll send this right to Anthem. Uh, so there's, I'm sure there's some there that do like the CFL over the NFL, but I, so well, you, hey, hey, it's not my fault they live on that side of the border. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be glad to pass that along. So, but so, but Dilo, as you when you are talking to talent today, of course, you come from a different background. What is your philosophy in being able to talk to today's talent on the Impact Wrestling roster about uh, how you came up in the business versus what they can do? 
Well, uh, when I talk to Approach Talent, I definitely show them my flavor of where I come from, and I try to incorporate where they are now so we find a happy medium in between. And so far, I think it's working. I mean, we're not too old school. We're not too new school. We're, I think, like I said, a happy medium of pro wrestling right now, and I'm, I'm enjoying that. The ECW originals uh, have come in to impact wrestling. There's been a number of them that have been on some shows here. How much of a difference does it make in the product when you have experience on the roster? Well, it's more so than what you people see on TV. It's what goes on behind the scenes when you have a guy like Tommy Dreamer or a Rhino or a Sabu or Rob Van Dam actually sitting with the younger talent and, and schooling them on a few things. And then you'll see that younger talent go out there and do some of the cool old school stuff with a new school twist. So um, it's invaluable to have um, you know experience in the locker room. You can never take it away. So I'm, I'm happy they're here. D'Lo Brown from Impact Wrestling with me, Jonathan Hood, on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Bound for Glory, the biggest show for Impact Wrestling, coming to the Odium in Villa Park on Sunday, October 20th. Tickets are available on August 9th. Go to impactwrestling.com for information. Um, so, And by the way, speaking of Chicago, D'Lo, I mean, you could tell, we can already tell your influence on the product. I mean, Impact Wrestling is finally coming back to Chicago. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm, I'm so pissed. It's taken so long for this to happen. It, it, Impact Wrestling has not been there since you were in the ring with Aces and Eights. It's been too long. It's been too long, and Chicago is a great, great, great wrestling city. Probably the best on the planet. And, you know, I love the city, but I love it when we have wrestling in the city, so I'm happy to be there. Yeah, absolutely. So the, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think all of us are looking for Impact Wrestling to make its return back to Chicago. What is the difference uh, in Impact, say, a year ago versus now? How much has it changed in your view? Um, I, I just think consistent storyline, um, talent who embrace what they're doing, um, and, and great direction, I think, are adding to a product. I mean, you saw what just we just did at Slammiversary and, in my opinion, put out one of the best pay-per-views this year. Um, and I think we're going to continue that trend. I mean, our TV shows consistently is one of the best out there. And I think that's the difference is consistency and one focus to, to make impact uh, a better product. So, uh, so are you, uh, you lacing them up? You coming back out? Because last time you were here in the ring, uh, you know, in four impact wrestling, you know what happened, right? I mean, you got on the second turnbuckle and you get this road warrior pop, which is just so ridiculous. You're such a ham. You come out there, they know that you're a Bears guy, and then they're just, you get up there, you raise your arms, and you just, ah, as everyone's screaming at you. So I'm sure you're going to lace them up, right? No, I'm going to hide in the back and just direct people, and hopefully the kids can get the road warrior pop. Come on. Come on, man. You got to get the crowd no, going. You got to come out there and just wave your hand with a Bears jersey or something, man. You got to do something. I'll see him in the parking lot afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're not trying to raise our, our expectations. That's what it is. Because when they see you, they want to see you ground and pound. That's what you're. That's well, what you don't want to do, right? Uh, I, 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 once again, I plead the fifth. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm, oh, I'm come on, fifth. man! You can give me a little something for goodness sakes. All look, I know. Look, go ahead. Just know this. Just know this. On that day. I'll have one eye on Bound for Glory, and I'll have another eye on the Bears game happening, you know, <laughs> just around the corner. So um, just know that.
He's a CPA and he's a black bear. He is uh, Dilo <laughs> Brown with us here on ESPN 1000. By the way, you're, I'm sure I'm sure your ears have been burning, right? I mean, for whatever reason, your name resonates with a lot of wrestling podcasts. Not just this one because we're boys. I'm talking about Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff was they were doing a watch along, and Bischoff said he wants to smack your face. Because of because of an old show he was watching twenty years ago, Jim Ross is mentioning you like every other podcast. Your ears are burning, are they not? Uh, every day, but I'm I'm glad that you know people remember and respect me, and and uh, my peers appreciate the things that I did. So as long as uh, they keep talking about me, that's always a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I hear this. I, it, I pop every time I hear it. It's like, man, Delo's getting a lot of getting a lot of love these days. I hope he's hearing these things. Uh, uh, I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm looking forward to seeing Brian Cage, Delo, um, because I've not seen him in person. I've seen him on the on the broadcast. Could you tell us yeah. some things about Brian Cage uh, as the champion that we wouldn't know? Um, he's a freak athlete. Uh, you know that he's just mm-hmm. he's a heavyweight, super heavyweight. He moves like a cruiser. Um, and he's incredibly, you know, intellectually sound when it comes to, to matchmaking and, and psychology in the ring. So, I mean, he's a treat for everyone to see, and he happens to be the World Heavyweight Champion, so those are two positive things put together. Is there a match that you want to see with Brian Cage as a champion that we haven't oh. seen yet in the impact? Man, not, now you now you make me stretch here. I mean, anytime that, that kid's in the ring, I, I appreciate it. And I euphemistically, you should call, um, call him a kid because he's, He's a grown ass man, but uh, anytime I see him in the ring, I sit and watch and marvel. You're not gonna give me a name, okay? <laughs> I can't give you. I, I you'd love, I'd like to see him against Jonathan Hood. <laughs> okay. Well, that's not happening because I'm not taking any more bumps. Uh, but but yes, I think it, it's interesting. You, you can hear, by the way, everybody, how how tight that tie is right now as the executive producer for Impact Wrestling. That that tie is tight around your neck right now, isn't it? I love my job, and I uh, <laughs> I love Chicago. <laughs> You're unbelievable. What is what's happened to my friend? Um, uh, uh, okay, well, well, is, is looking at business, Tennille Dashwood has signed. Can you confirm that Tennille Dashwood is part of the Impact roster? Um, yeah, she is just signed with Impact, and uh, I believe she's making her debut in Mexico City in a few weeks. And I'm, I'm excited to have her on board. I think she's going to, you know, bring some cash to the knockout division and bring a lot of in-ring work. So we're we're happy to have her. I think that and that in that knockouts division, as you well know, over the years has always been solid. But you're starting to see the Rosemary's Madison Rain, a veteran Tessa Blanchard being part of it. It just it, it's it's really as good as it was before with a lot of younger talent on here. That that's a positive for the company, isn't it? Dude, those girls work so damn hard, and they go out there and they kill it every night. And consistently, they're one of the better matches on the show. And yeah. Only, only a positive for the company to have have ladies, young ladies like that out there working their tails off to 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 show that they have equal footing in any company, anywhere, at any time with anybody. And man, it's fun to see. He loves Impact Wrestling. He loves Chicago. He's D'Lo Brown with me, Jonathan Hood, right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on ESPN 1000. Bound for Glory uh, is taking place at the Odium and Villa Park Sunday, October 20th. Find your way to the Odium. Impact Wrestling finally coming back to the Chicagoland area. And tickets on sale on August 9th. Go to impactwrestling.com for more information. Uh, have you wrestled a woman before, D'Lo? Hmm. Uh, no, I have not. Not that I could rem- 
Not that I can remember. But no, I mean, that's it, it, it. I mean, in the ring. Yeah, no, no, not, not that I remember. Okay. Not, in a, not in a one-on-one, other than, like, interacting with China, but never, like, a, a one-on-one intergender type of match. I just want to know, uh, I wonder from Sammy Callahan's standpoint, this just kind of the, the way that you go about a match with Tessa Blanchard, because I'm not necessarily a fan of intergender wrestling, but I think that the story they told was, was compelling enough for me to watch in their last event, and they're going to go at it again. What, what are your thoughts on that matchup in particular with Sammy and Tessa? It, it's crazy because they complement each other in so many ways. And when they get up there, like, I sat and marveled at Slammiversary, what they did. And at no point did I, I see male versus female. I just saw two wrestlers out there, you know, going at it and telling a good story. Uh, and I think that's translated across because you're not the first person I heard or heard say that, you know, I'm not a fan of intergender wrestling. But that match, I was compelled by the story of it. So I think that is a huge attribute to what they, you know, what they're trying to accomplish, that they could transcend intergender and just have a wrestling match. Does Tessa remind you of anyone, male or female, in wrestling's past? Uh, Tully. <laughs> I don't see a TV title around her. <laughs> that, no, but she, what you... she's, she's fundamentally sound in everything she does. And just she reminds me of her dad in many ways because he was, you know, he was that, that worker of the team. Him and Arn were the workers of the horsemen. And she fits right into that mold. She she's not, um, but she's not someone I, I I hate though. When I was a wrestling fan, because Tully was always on the back pedal, as you remember, he was a, a classic heel. You see that in Tessa well, also, right? Tessa started out as a heel, so it's okay. She can she's good. She's a baby face now, but you know, she you know heel and face aside, the work rate is what what matters to me, and, and she can go. She can she can damn sure go. Okay, watch this, everybody. So, D'Lo, so yeah. uh, with uh, Impact Wrestling on Twitch TV and also on the Pursuit Television uh, Network, I want to ask you uh, whether or not there has been conversation about other uh, destinations for Impact as far as television or streaming. You know, Hood, I got to tell you, those Bears look really, really good this year. <laughs> and I'm, li- I'm looking forward to seeing Montgomery come out of the backfield. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see what Ridley's going to do, get over the little hamstring twitch he's got. I'm sorry, did you say something, Hood? Don't forget Bound for Glory taking place uh, at Villa Park at the Odium Sunday, October 20th. August 9th, ImpactWrestling.com. That's where tickets will be on sale. I'm actually uh, also looking forward to the Bears season. There's some that will look at... Uh, I look at the Bears' season and say, well, maybe there's going to be a little bit of a step back. You know, 12-4, and four, winning the uh, division last year. What are your expectations? Um, even if they take a step back, I'm okay with 10-6 and six still winning the division. Mm-hmm. So I don't, it's not about – it's about making, the you know, the tournament at the end of the year. That's the important thing. doesn't matter what your record is when you get there, just get there. So even if we take a step back, I mean, you can't account for that defense being as off the chart as it was last year. That's just you can't – account for that you hope Trubisky steps up a little bit takes that next step if he does you know who knows but I see us at uh 10 and 6 11 and 5 that's fair that's fair that what that what that tells me is you believe that Trubisky will take a step which I also believe also offensively and again you got to be blessed with good health too I mean that was something that was in the Bears corner last year and so this year it has to be the same the defense is already set um, there, there's some, D'Lo, that will talk about 
um, uh, changing of the guard with Vic Fangio, now the Denver Broncos head coach, and now Chuck Pagano as the defense coordinator. You know, Chuck said, uh, told someone off the record, I guess I got to tell you now, that he just said that I, I just need to just stay out of the way. And I agree, Chuck. Yeah. Just stay out of the way. <laughs> Those guys yeah. know what the hell they're doing, right? Yeah, let Cleo Mack run the show. You'll be okay. Just, and, just let and, the Mac man run it. You'll be okay. And, and be healthy, right? And be healthy. That's, that's, a, that's another thing you can attribute for is, is health. You know, you, that's just that's luck of the draw. I mean, two years ago, we, were, we, had, we lost most, you know, man hours from injury. And then last year, we didn't lose any, you know, practically. So you, you can never tell that year to year. Let's just hope we're healthy. I can watch Impact Wrestling on Twitch TV and also the Pursuit Channel, right? Yes, you can watch it on Twitch, Pursuit Channel, um, every Friday night, and go out there and find us wherever you can. If you got if you got the internet, you got you got Impact Wrestling. Uh, very well. The uh, Bound for Glory taking place at the Odeon Villa Park uh, and uh, Delo. It's good to see Impact Wrestling back in Chicago. I cannot wait for you to get your Road Warrior pop as you put your hand out. And say hello to the fans here in Chicago. They'll be waiting for you. They'll be waiting for you for that pop. So I'm looking forward to you coming out and and uh, being shown up uh, pretty much in your hometown because uh, that's how it works in wrestling. So I look well, forward yeah, to seeing that. You know, yeah. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to coming back to Chicago. I want to see all the great fans. Let's come on out. Let's pack the odium, guys. Let's just show. Let's show impact. Let's show the wrestling world what Chicago is all about because we're the greatest wrestling city on the planet. That's right, folks. D'Lo Brown against Sue Young. That'll be one of the major events <laughs> at Bound for Glory. We look forward to that. Seeing you uh, lace, them up, lace them up and get back in the ring in front of your home, folks. Well, D'Lo, <sighs> as always, we, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Damn, Hoodie. I love you, dog. Jonathan Hood. Levels to it, you and I know. Tell him be humble. Sit down. Be humble. Sit down. On ESPN 1000. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Don't forget the YouTube page, youtube.com. Look for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. That way you can check out some of the podcasts there. We have some great interviews on YouTube, youtube.com. So check it out, youtube.com, Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Subscribe. That way you never miss an episode. All right, great conversation with D'Lo Brown. And don't forget, tomorrow there is no Under the Hood show, but I will be with Freddie Coleman. We'll be on from 8 to midnight on ESPNRadio.com and also on SiriusXM Channel 80. Hope you check us out Wednesday night at 8. We thank you for listening and being a part of the program here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Our thanks to... Nate Taylor, Jesse Rogers, Clinton Yates, Ted Albrecht, D'Lo Brown, show produced by Sean Davis on the other side of the glass. All right, if we don't connect uh, tomorrow, how about Thursday, 7 to 10, right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'll talk to you then, and don't forget the podcast, Under the Hood, with Jonathan Hood. Jonathan Hood. I'm so hood! On ESPN 1000.